And I want you to keep your Bibles handy because we'll be covering three portions of scriptures here today that we'll be looking at. Title of my sermon is El Shaddai or El Kodo. El Shaddai, which means the God that provides, or El Kodo, which could be one of us. And what does Kodo mean in Spanish? In English, tight. Well, it means it means the because uh, that's the tightest part of your body. Wham! Uh, so that's why in Spanish, if a guy's tight, they call him El Kodo. So it's El Shaddai. The provider, or El Codo, uh, keeps everything to himself. Luke 16, beginning in verse 1, down to verse 4. Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager, or steward, was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management, or stewardship, because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do, so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their house. Jump down to verse 8, please. The master commended the dishonest manager, or dishonest steward, because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light or Christians. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Father, I pray you utilize this half hour for the furtherance of your gospel, the edification of your body, and the winning of souls and the building of the building that we need to get. I ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody together said, Amen. Would you greet one another one more time and love of the Lord? Shake a few hands. Then you may be seated. Praise God. I know that today's Father's Day. And I'm going to cover a subject that all fathers, in a sense, should be aware of. Stewardship. Stewardship. Now, while that might seem a bit out of place for Father's Day or a Father's Day message, which has to do with money, okay? Stewardship is a name for how you, how you take care of things. And we are going to talk about finances here today. But it's really not out of place. Say, man, oh, a message on finances on Father's Day, it's really not out of place. And I'm going to prove to you that it's not. See, one of the key responsibilities as a father is to be a provider, is he not? Society, and I learned this recently when I dealt with some probation officers, some, some parole officers, on some of the, they call those deadbeat dads. And I had an individual that was in the home that was doing great. He was the assistant director. And I talked to his probation officer, parole officer, and he says, no, 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 I'm going to stick him back into jail. I said, man, but you know, he didn't, he ain't using drugs no more, he ain't smoking, he ain't talking, he ain't, all that. he ain't doing all that stuff. He says, but he hasn't made his payments to his, for his children. And then he told me something that really struck me. He says, you know what, Steve, many things in society, we do let people get by. Under the influence of the game, all this stuff. Yes, we'll put people on probation, but not for murder and not for child neglect. He says, we categorize a guy that is neglecting his children in the same category as a murderer. We deal with them just as harshly. Wow. See, that's why we need to be providers. The word El Shaddai means the God who provides. 
Okay, that's what I'm saying. El Shaddai or El Codo. And fathers in our church should take up the rightful place and the rightful role as providers as well. And we're ready to embark in a, unto a new building, God's house. And we, as fathers, should be at the forefront of providing for that, that house of God. Are you with me? Then also the Greek interpretation and meaning of the word steward. It also has heavy implications regarding fatherhood. A steward in the Greek is, is a word called, the word steward is called oikonomia. Oikonomia, okay, in the Greek. And it's made up of two smaller Greek words, oikos meaning house, and nomos means law. Oikonomia. Oiko, house, nomo, law. And when they're put together, they mean the law of the house, or the management of a household. The law of a house. The management of a household. And so the fathers are at the forefront. They're the king of the house. They're the priest of the pad. Yeah, we are. <clears throat> so we are supposed to manage our households. From which we get the, 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 the term, the familiar term of stewardship, which means run of the house. We, our interpretation is run of the house for stewardship. And a father should or must be a good oikonomias, a good steward. And run and manage his household wisely, authoritatively, and responsibly. See, in the old days, a king would, or a rich man, like we saw here in the parable, in Luke 16, a rich man or a, or a king, they would hire a steward. Then, my friend, he would, uh, you know, dispense all that he had, the king would, at the hands of the steward, in order for the steward to accomplish what the king needed to be done. That's what they used to do. Are you with me? Okay, a king or a rich man would hire a steward. Dennis, you'll be my steward. Okay, boom, you're right there. Okay, then I would dispense to him all that I have, all my resources that I could, and the resources he had too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> computers <laughs> to get the job done. See, so his job was to find out what the will of the master or the rich man or <clears throat> or the king was. Then his job was to utilize all that was dispensed to him, all the resources he had to get the job done. And God is not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. Our job as stewards, my friend, is to find out God's will. We know what his will is. We need to utilize all that we have, all the resources he's given us, all the resources we have to get the job done. Period. You want to be a good steward, that's what we're supposed to be. And the Bible says we should be good stewards. See, in other words, the master would tell his steward his will, his desire, and what he wanted done. Then it was the steward's job to go get the job done. That's the reason why 1 Corinthians 4.2 says that it is important that as a steward to be found faithful. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says as a steward you should be found faithful. Because stewards, they would get a reputation of either taking care of business or else of falling short. That's what would happen. As a matter of fact, let me read to you 1 Corinthians 4 2. 4 1 and 2. I'll begin reading verse 1. It says there, So then men ought to regard us, or reputation, as servants of Christ, or stewards, and as those entrusted with the secret things of God. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust, or stewardship, or oikonomos, that's what it means, must prove faithful. An oikonomos should be found or proven faithful. So then men ought to regard us. In other words, have a reputation. And we have a reputation as a church. 
As, as a body, Victor Eric Hayward. People are going to find out. People are already finding out. They're always asking, where are you guys at now? Man, I can hardly wait to say, man, we're on Mission Boulevard. Ah, we're right there, and things are popping and happening. The place will seat about 900. Uh, 800 comfortable, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, 2,000 Victor Eric Hayward style. Hallelujah. Uh, and I was doing the wedding yesterday, and I was looking at the, the, they had a balcony, actually two balconies, in a real small place. I was looking, I said, we could do that. Our place is way bigger than this, the one we're going to get. And I was already looking at the balconies, I said, aha, all right. Then I thought of the Hayward Fault. Let's go on. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. See, church, by reading the Word of God, we then can know and understand that our king's will and what it, his desire is, okay? And we're supposed to take care of business for God. Uh, and a father, who's father, Father's Day today, we should be at the forefront of taking care of business for God. Now, stewardship and Christian giving is really, and if you're taking notes, this is point number one. Stewardship and Christian giving is really for our own good, not for God's good. I already said that. God don't need a bodyguard. Uh, I remember when Art Blajos and Kilroy were here and some of the other guys from the, from the Mexican mafia. You know, Kilroy's getting a little bit older now. It looks a little more, you know. And I remember, they, they tell me he has a homeboy from, from, from uh, 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 his, his neighborhood. I, I used to live there all the time uh, in summertime. Ah, the Kilroy's neighborhood. Anyways, he has a homeboy, all right? And white friends. And he's a big old dude. They told me that he would hang around with Kilroy in, in Folsom. And so when we were eating, I said, oh, yeah, they were telling me about your, the guy that hangs around with you, you know, who you're like your body, who takes care of you. And right away, as soon as I said that, Art and Kilroy both looked me right in the eye. They go, when I said, you know, the guy that takes care of you. It was like, and then they look at me and said, hey. Art goes, homeboy don't need nobody to take care of him. And then Kilroy comes up to me and goes, oh. I go, okay, okay, okay. But he was just playing. And I said, I got it, I got it, I got it. Because Art tells me, this guy could have been champion of the world. He was a mean boxer. Kilroy had a better reputation. In other words, he don't need nobody guard. Well, God's bigger. God don't need no bodyguard. See, stewardship is for our own good. And we're going to find that out. See, God is already good. God, matter of fact, is real good. Matter of fact, God is great. He's holy. Stewardship is important for us so that we can grow in the grace of giving. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 says this, that we grow. See also that you grow, you mature in the grace of giving. It's for our own growth. Ah, we should grow and mature in giving. The Bible says in Psalms 50 and in Psalms 24 that the world is the Lord's. He owns all the cattle in all the hills. That's why giving and stewardship is for our own good, for our opportunity to grow and to mature. Are you, do you understand that? You need to understand that. It's not God doesn't need your money. Ah, he's not an extortionist. It's for our own good that we grow, that we evolve, that we progress, we mature. God already gave his best. His name was Jesus. He's done his part. Now it's up to us to follow in his steps. See, the only thing is that a number of us, we don't like sermons on, on finances. I'm going to speak for some of you here today. I've said it before. We don't, we don't like these kind of sermons. Ah. Uh, Plain and simple, the reason is because we haven't grown up. We haven't matured. If, if some of you, listen, if you're new, I understand. 
Because I sat in your shoes. The first time I heard a sermon on finances, I go, ah, it's okay. That's, that's natural. But the Christian life is not natural. It's by faith. It's supernatural. And so, but you'll grow. Some of you will grow, and you'll, you'll get it, especially after hearing a sermon like this. How, how do you know if you can take it or if you can't take it? Talking about the neighborhood, I, well, you know, I, use, I can use neighborhood illustrations. I used to think this one guy used to be able to beat me up. I said, oh, he's tough, until he pushed me. I knocked him out. I knocked him out. I made him run home to his mom crying. <laughs> but I used to think he was tougher than me. I used to think he was, you know, that was, I didn't know. I didn't, but I was, I was an athlete, so I was always pretty good. You know, I could take care of stuff, you know. <laughs> but I didn't know about fight. I didn't know until he was picking on me. He did something, ooh, atrocious. I knocked him out. He was all bleeding, running home. Huh? But I didn't know I could do that. And you don't know if you can stand up and do a sermon like this until you get one. Are you going to find out right now what you're made of? When push comes to a shove, we'll find out what you're made of. Some of you will get, uh, you'll run home, uh, the other one is your money. Uh, you got to find out if you can take it. Because this is one of the areas the devil hits the most. The devil don't want you in church, he doesn't want you in Christian. This is one of the ways he tries to get you out. Um, or else you're going to grow. Or else you're going to mature. Or else you're going to evolve. Uh, See, in actuality, stewardship and giving is for our own good. To see what we're made out of. Our spiritual development and well-being. Some might say, well, couldn't, you know, some rich millionaire get, get wind of what Victor Arch is doing and, 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 and decide to give us the money? Maybe. Maybe. But God wants us to be strong, mature, growing spiritual Christians, and he wants us to rise to the occasion. He wants us to be able to do it. Not some outside force over here. They don't even got no heart. A lot of them don't even have faith. I'm not talking about faith here today. They might have money, but, but God has chosen us, poor in finances sometimes, rich in faith. And God gets all the glory. Not some rich millionaire. Ah, they don't have faith. See, the bulk of the work should be supported by strong, mature Christians. I want them to get their, I want people to say, hey, listen, victory average did that themselves. Uh, they, they got this place. They've been here 17 years and they put their assets and finances together, their prayers together, and they, they got a place of their own. I don't want God to get the glory. I don't want some rather rich guy over here. No. You know, some seagulls, this is a story, they used to hang out by shrimp boats. And the shrimp boat uh, sailors would throw them shrimp that was, you know, not good, already a little rotten or whatever. They would throw it to them. So they used to hang out there by the dock. This went on for about a couple of years. Finally, the, the people on the, on the boat got different orders. They had to move to another harbor, dock at another, at another place. So they left. All the seagulls died later on because they starved to death. Because they were used to... Somebody else giving them. They didn't know how to fiend for themselves. Ah, no. Somebody has said the greatest misfortune in life is having nothing but good fortune. And that is a fact. Born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Ah, spoon-fed, silver spoon-fed Christians. Ah, well, let him take care of it. Let him. No, no, no. We're all in this thing together. A great cartoon I read the other day. Let me set this one up for you. It's a picture of the pastor. He's greeting the people at the door, like I'll do today. I'm just kidding. He's greeting the people there at the door. Right after he's preached a sermon or a message, similar to the one that I'm preaching here today, and he ended his sermon by saying, he said these words, 
and in faith. I don't know where I'm going to get the money that we need to build the church building. That's how he ended his sermon. Then the picture shows a number of people standing by the pastor at the back of the door. And one of the people from the church telling the pastor. And he's speaking for the rest of the people that are by him. And he tells the pastor these words. Boy, are we glad to hear that you don't know where you'll be getting the money you need for the building. Because for a minute, we were afraid you wanted to get it from us. (laughs) Ay, ay, ay. Church, stewardship is for our own benefit. That you can hold your head up high. To have some sorts of dignity and destiny. Uh, something to be actually proud. Bible says if you're going to boast, boast in the things that God has done for you. Uh, I mean, to, we, we, we can hold our head up high. Walk with our shoulders straight. We don't want to get, you know, and, and become like those seagulls. You know, dependent of shrimp boats by other people. Dependent on welfare. Dependent, my friend, on, on, on government cheese. No, there's no dignity in the government. Listen, if you're on welfare, it's okay for to start. To start, just you know. But later on, come on. Ah, later on, that doesn't bring glory to God or dignity to live with. Then also, it's important to understand that not only is it for our spiritual maturity and growth, okay, but we need to understand that that you know that everything. Belongs to God anyways. Everything is the Lord's. Period. Everything. What we call ours is not really ours at all. That's what the Bible says. Even the word church. In the Greek, you know what the real meaning of the word church? In the Greek, it says belonging to God. Even the church belongs to God. This is my church. It's God's church. It's not my church either. I'm just the under shepherd here. It's God's church. Everything belongs to God. But you and I, we work as partners with God, not as slaves and master. We're partners. We have a father-son relationship with God. It's not master and slave when it comes to God. We're our joint heirs according to the promise. And that's a high privilege. That's a high inheritance that you and I have. In other words, what God, what's God's is mine as well. And we need to understand that. Then, let me finish by, here in Luke 16, we, we, we read verses 1 through 4, 8, and then 8 and 9. Regarding the, the shrewd steward. And what happens here is Christ commends this dishonest steward. And he commends him because he had sense enough to use what he had in the here and now to prepare for the future. That's why he commends him. He says, man, you know what? Though he was dishonest. He was very calculative. He was, he was, he was, he was a bit selfish. But God commends him. He says, man, you know what? You did a right thing. Why? Because he, plan- he used what his resources, he used what he had in the here and now for the hereafter, for the future. He planned, he prepared. And that's where you and I are at right now, Victor Albert Hayward. Uh, we have an opportunity to use as stewards what we have right now to prepare for a better future. Uh, for ourselves, for our children, for our children's children, for the ages to come if Jesus doesn't come. And he could be coming pretty soon, though. But we have that opportunity. What an opportunity. Like I said, talking about putting God back on Main Street. Do you understand what I'm saying here? I mean, you know, I, I know who I preach to. I know this isn't a sermon that's real. Ah, pity in it. Yeah, get down, Pastor Steve. I need that. No. 
Some of you are not hooking on to this sermon, but, but listen to me. This is important here. We are about to embark, my friend, in, in something that, that you can really, you know, have some dignity about. Something that you can seek your teeth into. Oh, I mean, this is a very vital, important sermon that we, we bite into. Because we have that opportunity to, to take care of ourselves. Get a place of our own. Gosh, we're going to have it someday. But today's a better day than, than yesterday. Uh, and we've, I preached here a few months ago about the way of the wilderness. God didn't give us things right away because success can get to us or we weren't ready for the battle yet. But I, I also mentioned that sermon, we're ready now. We're ready now. We're at the brink. But we're going to have to put not only our amens together, but we're going to have to put our finances together. Uh, and the parable here in Luke 16, the shoe steward knew that he was about to have his reckoning day. In other words, he says, man, I got to go give an account. He says, man, I'm not going to have my job very longer, much longer. I got go, to go meet with my master. Someday that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to give an account to, to God. We're not all going to be here. Someday we're going to die. I do funerals. You're all going to have to go by way of our forefathers. But this parable has to do with planning for the future. I mentioned on Wednesday, and I, I, I believe this was my heart because I had more on the sermon, but I'm going to stop right here, talking about how, and their works do follow them. Whenever I do funerals, many times I will use that scripture because, my friend, what you did here on earth, your works follow you. And I actually believe that the people that built this church back in the early 1900s, every time Victor Arich meets here, uh, God will go up to them and say, okay, here, here's another one. Mm. Here's another one. Mm. Because they're doing something very purposeful. They built this place, and God's still utilizing it for the furtherance of his gospel. They're dead and gone, but they're alive. Uh, we haven't lost them. Remember that? We know where they're at. But every time, and we have that opportunity ourselves to build a place, two acres, right on Mission Boulevard. That someday, they will, even when you're dead and gone, you're not. You're still raking up. That's what the Bible says there. Make friends with unrighteous mammon. You're making friends of people you're not even going to know. That's what it says there. And I've preached in this scripture before about the friends. When we give money to Manila, we're making friends we don't even know in the Philippines. Filipinos are getting saved. Praise God we were able to see one. The other day he came to our picnic, Ernie, and he wants to move up here. Uh, but soon... Hopefully, we'll be, they'll be able to get visas and be able to come and we'll have, the, we'll have them have their choir come and sing. But you're, 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 you know, and some people have had the opportunity to go and see them. Bossy knows what I'm talking about. She knows what I'm talking about. My wife knows. She's going to know even more. We're going to go over there. But that's what you're doing. You're making friends for the future. We've got to start strategizing and planning for our future. And fathers, you should be at the forefront. We should be right there saying, you know what, I've got to invest. And my prayer, I can't say it would be, because my prayer is that we would have enough finances left over that we would be able to do that. I've been doing that. Uh, and, and Annabelle and, and uh, Yolanda know that I've been putting in money extra. Besides my ties, above that, I've been putting in money for the building fund. But I've been getting a head start on some of you. Uh, and I, I want to continue that because I know, I know the building is right at hand. So I'm trying to put some stuff in there. But not today. We have to, we have to do it ourselves. We've got to get ready. We have something like 23, almost 23,000, right? Right there from the building from before. But all that was for was just to go rent. But now we're going to buy. 
So now we got to pick it up. And last time, what we did last time, we picked the pledges for 1,500 and 250. We're going to have pledges today of 500, 250, and 100 to add to the building fund. And if push comes to a shove, we'll kick it up later on. But right now, we got to get ready. We're also having on July the 18th, right? July the 18th, we're having a, a flea market. Yeah, at Aloni College. I'm just throwing this out. All right. And we want to be able to bring in some good stuff to be able to, uh, you know, things that everybody will go, hmm. How much? Uh, we want some good stuff. We did this one time before. At Nelson's house. Nelson's here. I know you're, Nelson's here in the home. Nelson, remember we used your house before. And man, we made some good bucks that time. We, and we needed the finances. Because we told the people, just bring good stuff. And everybody did. Everybody did. And thank God, Nelson, now we still have a home for you to get, you know, where you belong. Because what you did then, you invested. And we still have a men's home for you. We need, we need the church here. There's so many people here. I, I, I can almost smell, I can almost taste it. The church is going to double. Wham! I can't. I can. Once we get in there, once we have our own building. Uh, with our chairs. Actually, we can almost like move right in. All we're going to need is chairs and rugs. Eh, maybe we won't even need that. We can sit, you know, Indian style. On the floor. How? I don't know. Just sit down. Hallelujah. Huh? Just sit down. No, no, no. We won't, we won't be that, you know, bad. Uh, but we're at the brink, people. And it's time to invest in the future. This guy was commended by God, recommended to us, and the guy was not even a Christian. But Jesus says, these guys that are not Christians have more sense than us. They invest in their future. And us, ah, pues Dios sabe. God knows. God will take care of it. Yes, he will through us. We got a plan for our future. I want every head bowed. And they're right close. Father, I pray for everyone as we're sitting here to be a part of this altar call. All of us to be able to contribute. And God, you know my heart. There have been many that have come that are not a part of the church today that my heart goes out to them because when they were here, a part of this church, they contributed financially to your work. And I laud them, I applaud them in my heart right now. I love them. I pastored them as best as possible when they were here. I pray for them to come back in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Christ upon them. But Lord, that you would hold those riches for them in heaven. They would make it to heaven. Because if they don't, Lord, if they go to hell, they will not be able to receive these riches that they were able to acquire when they were a part of this church. And now I pray for this present day congregation that we would respond in faith. That's what's going to be my final point, Lord, about faith. Launching out, faith pleasing you. Lord, I didn't preach my final point for a reason. Because, Lord, I believe it's your spirit that's going to speak to them and allow them to launch out in faith to pledge 100, 250, or 50, 500 to be able to acquire that place of our own. In Jesus' name I pray. Let faith arise in this place. Amen. Praise God. Let's stand. Let's sing a song. Then we're going to take up the pledges. Hallelujah.